All right, everybody, welcome to episode 149 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I am with the co-host with the most, Drew at DR underscore PRA. Drew, how you doing? Doing all right. Licking some wounds after Sunday, but all together all right. I mean, listen, we we can get into this real quick because I'm, I'm here to make you feel better. Guess what? The, the Bills were missing, like, what, their entire secondary, half of their front four, and the Dolphins still needed a kind of crazy set of event, events to win that game. You didn't, you didn't get blown out. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't, you know, like, oh, man, hey, they're, you know, 38-10, you know. That, that didn't happen. You it's know. true. So, true. you know, obviously football happens, injuries happens. Every team can complain about, you know, their injuries from top to bottom. But I feel like the Bills are going to be all right. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, it was a game that, you were, you were hoping to win, even with all the injuries. It was almost there. It didn't happen. We, mo- we move on to next week. Who do, who do you guys play next week? Oh, shoot. Is it the Chiefs? No, Chiefs and Bucks play. Chiefs and Bucks. Who is it? Week four. Uh, Ravens. Okay, I knew it was a, another AFC. Yeah. All right, so at Baltimore, that's that's a, that's a good team to play though. That secondary is a little suspicious, and honestly, I don't even know if the front seven <laughs> has been playing all that well. <laughs> but uh, you know, hopefully, that you know that time they get together, they maybe can get a guy or two back. I'm not sure about exactly uh, what the injury status is for. All, all the members of the Bills that were out, but uh, this, it'll be all right. I think, I think the Bills are quite fine. Anytime you, you take uh, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs to war, I think, uh, I think everything is going to be all right. Um, you got a good chance. Got good a good chance. chance. Got a good chance. Got a good chance. But you know what? Drew, it's time for some actually stats of the week this week. Let's do it because because this one I just had to put on here because it was amazing. Uh, this is from uh, the Field Goals Twitter account at Field Goals. The Seahawks got four hundred and twenty yards of offense on sixty nine plays. <laughs> like talk talk about that double double. I mean. What, just what a amazing merging of it's like uh, Gronk went and played Madden for for a day. Yeah, that 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 totally seems like uh, what would Gronk do right there if he uh, <laughs> if he if he had a couple minutes to uh, to play some uh, some games of Madden there. But here here's. Here's my favorite game to play. Let's see if uh, if Drew can guess this stat here. 
All right, this is from Rich Rich Rebar at Lord Reeves. Through three weeks, this team leads the NFL in scoring rate per drive at 48.5%. I'll give you maybe a hint, maybe not a hint. The Browns are second in scoring rate per drive at 48.4. So the, the Browns are nipping at the heels of this team. Any guesses which team is leading the NFL right now in scoring rate per drive? Hmm. First thing that comes to mind, let's go. Uh, let's go, Jaguars. You only need a one guess. The Jacksonville Jaguars leading the NFL in scoring rate per drive. If I if I would have given you, if I would have told you last year, three hundred and sixty-five days from now, the Jacksonville Jaguars lead the the NFL really in any good offensive court category, would you have believed me? Mm. <laughs> mm. Punts down inside the 20, maybe. <laughs> maybe. That's maybe not even an offensive stat. <laughs> they would put pull that. Yeah, that's a, that's a special team stat. But, uh, yeah, man, like it, it's amazing the the change that's been made in a year for this team. Uh, Shane, Shane Manila at Shane is the worst. Uh, put the, put this tweet out there and I, it didn't even hit my eyes until uh, Drew tagged me in it. And, you know, just paraphrasing here, not, not the exact word for word treat tweet, excuse me. But he said, I understood that urban Meyer was bad, really bad. But man, I did not take into account how terrible he was for that entire franchise. Mm. And Doug Peterson, Dougie P, as he's affectionately known in the Philadelphia area, comes in and just brings a real NFL head coach in there. You know, he's not he's not the Sean McVay offensive guru. He he's not, you know, the Brian Dable coming from the high powered, high flying offense of, of another team. And he he knows how to work with people. He did it in Philadelphia. So let's face it, the, the year that Philadelphia won the Super Bowl, they weren't the most talented team in the league. But he knew how to bring that group of guys together get them all playing in one direction towards one goal and probably probably did the most masterful coaching job on Nick Foles, turned him into Tom Brady, actually outdueled Tom Brady in that Super Bowl. And you, you brought you 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 tagged me on it, you put hashtag vindication. I appreciate you because <laughs> It was a it was a debate that we had all off season, and 
I took the slings. I took the arrows from people saying, Trevor Lawrence, he dead. Now people are talking about trading for him. Can you, mm. like, what a difference, not even a year, six months makes. Yep. The community was like, Tre- Trevor Lawrence is dead. He's just not, he's not good. We thought he was good. We made a mistake. Let's move on. I stood, I stood firm. And I'm glad that I was right because I've been wrong about a lot. So, <laughs> so I'm glad. I'm glad I was right about this. But you know what, Drew? I just put it on the screen. It's the good, the bad, and the ugly. And why don't you start us off this week with your good? Well, that was, uh, that was a pretty easy segue there, Josh. Uh, and I put a question mark behind this, but I think it's really more of a it, is it for real? But I put the Jags. Are they really that good? Uh, you know, first thing that comes to mind is James Robinson. What a comeback. And, you know, people left him for dead. People were ready. You know, people were spending firsts on Travis Etienne, already putting him in uh, in the stat sheet for, you know, 12 carries and eight catches and all these points. And uh, James Robinson is is still there. He is still leading that backfield. Uh, you talk about Doug Peterson getting the most out of the guys that he's got. Uh, pretty incredible to watch. And then uh, you look at, you know, yeah, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, is he is he showing the 101 pedigree at this point? Uh, not yet, but he's how many games into his career at this point? Uh, like you said, how many games in with a real NFL coach? Uh, competent, you know, making smart plays. Uh, stat sheet is is uh, looking solid, not giving things away. And then, uh, yeah, you look at this defense against the Chargers. Even though, you know, sure Herbert was was not feeling his best rib injury and all. I mean, he still made a couple of ridiculous throws to remind us he's Justin Herbert. Um, so all the more to give credit to that Jags defense for executing that game plan and making that really uh, – it, it was silly that Herbert was into the last drive or two that he was in for. The game was so far gone at that point. So uh, what quite a showing by the Jags. You know, if you, Three weeks ago, I forgot who I was talking to, there was a, one of the beat writers, I think, for ESPN was uh, at work, and uh, we were just talking about the Titans and kind of how he was viewing them. And really, you know, we, we both agreed. It, it felt like a two-horse ra- two race in the AFC South. It would be, you know – Titans, if they can get past the Colts with uh, Jonathan Taylor, Matt Ryan is a confident veteran quarterback with decent weapons. And uh, it was just kind of like, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll watch the Jags kind of figure things out this year. And maybe they'll, maybe they'll be a 500 team. Uh, they'll, they'll be, uh, you know, eight and nine or nine and eight, and uh, it'll be a, a win for them. What a turnaround from last year. Right. And here they are now. So uh, good on them for the first three weeks and good on this group for, shaking off some of the, the nonsense from last year and coming out and playing ball. And it's, it's funny, you know, what a difference a couple weeks in the NFL makes. Remember week one, Jaguars are in Washington, D.C., not the state people, to play the Commanders. Trevor Lawrence throws a pick at the end of that game to seal the win for the commanders and everyone said look same old trevor lawrence throwing interceptions 
going to put this team behind. And then the last two weeks, I don't know, maybe there's been another team that's done it, but the Jags are the only team I can think of over the last two weeks that have beaten both their opponents by more than three touchdowns. Think about that stat. Maybe another team has done it. I don't know, but I don't think so. And that's not just a offensive stat. That's a defensive stat. That's a team stat because that means not only are you putting points on the board offensively, but you're putting points on the or you're you're keeping the other team from putting points on the board defensively. And this is a team that was the laughing stock of the NFL last year. I mean, literally. I mean, we would hear about Urban Meyer not flying home on the team plane at his restaurant doing whatever on the dance floor. We don't need to get into that. Kicking mm. players on his own team. I mean, literally, they were the laughing stock. People were laughing at that franchise as a whole. And now they're 2-1. and one. And listen, I'm not saying Jags to the Super Bowl. I'm not even saying Jags to the playoffs. But we got to look at what's going on, and the Jags aren't easy out anymore. You don't look at the Jags and go, <laughs> we don't even have – we don't even have to come. We don't have to practice this week. We don't have to do film study. It's the Jags. We'll we'll just show up, beat them, and move on. So, I mean, yeah, I'm with you. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to proclaim the Jags are for real. But Trevor Lawrence has has looked mighty efficient in his uh, in over the last two weeks, and you know. Christian Kirk, everyone, including me, laughed at how much money he made. Mm-hmm. He's earning every single penny. Mm-hmm. Zay, Zay Jones earning every single penny. I, I mean, James Robinson, uh, he fi- he finally put the first loss on the board for Achilles injuries. Yep. Literally, Achilles were undefeated. And James Robinson said, nah, I'm going I'm to give you your first loss. Because he's been he's been amazing. He has been he he's RB two right now. Not an RB two. RB two. Trailing only the illustrious Nicholas Chubb. That's it. That's it. Who's better than James Robinson? Nick Chubb, and the list is done. Mm. That's crazy. Like you. I would have loved to have seen what that bet would have been in Vegas. James Robinson, top three running back over the first three weeks. They wouldn't have even put odds on it because the odds no. would have been so astronomical. Thousand to one. <laughs> they wouldn't have done that because people would have taken it just to try to make some money. <laughs> like yeah. that. It's crazy. And, you know, I think a lot of that has to be attributed to the new head coach in town. I mean, obviously, James Robinson's just, he's a different person. But the reason for some of this success right now is because of, of having a, I don't, I don't even want to disrespect Doug Peterson and say competent head coach. I think a very good head coach. And I don't know how Jacksonville pulled it off, but they're lucky that they did. Uh, so good on them. Uh, my good this week was Khalil Herbert. Monty gets hurt, unfortunately. 
And Khalil Herbert just says, you know, get on my back. 20 carries, 157 yards, and two touchdowns. So the Bears haven't seemed to master uh, the passing game yet. Honestly, I, I don't know if they understand what a passing game is. But, man, when it comes to the run game, they've they figured that part of it out. So good on them. Hopefully uh, over the next couple of years they can figure out how to uh, pass the ball forward and, and move the game along. But mm. Drew, hit us with your bad. Well, uh, on the heels of Khalil Herbert, we'll talk about – a guy that we we both liked coming out of the combine, going into the draft, uh, have a lot of Justin Fields in my leagues, and it is it is becoming uh, a little scary how overweight I am there. And I've had a chance to move him in a couple of leagues, uh, which has been fine. But um, you know, I always have that nagging feeling like, what what did I do? Did I make a poor choice? And Couple of weeks into it here, it's it's looking like uh, get out while the getting is decent. Even if it's a, a resurgence next year, maybe they are taking this approach where they'll build around him in the next draft, next off season, um, and maybe next year he'll he'll rebound a little bit. Uh, in most of the leagues where I have him, uh, that meant I had an early pick last year, and I'm trying to do something now. Uh, so I've got to take what I can. Um, but if I read you this line here of uh, 23 for 45, 297 yards, two touchdowns and four interceptions, uh, including a, a rushing touchdown and 95, 95 yards rushing. Sounds like a uh, the four interce- Yeah, four interceptions, uh, that sucks a little bit, but hey, he made up for it. Uh, unfortunately, that is the entirety of three games combined for Justin Fields right now. And uh, it is very, very bad, especially for folks that thought they were getting a value maybe in startups this year uh, as other quarterbacks kind of pushed up. But, uh, you know, you've got the running threat there and he's got the 95 yards over the three, the three games, a rushing touchdown, which, you know, you kind of measure, you you do the math out there for the rest of the season and it's fine. So maybe he'll end up with four or 500 yards rushing. He might end up with four or five rushing touchdowns, but that's still not enough to make him a value if uh, the passing game doesn't come together there. So um, just bad overall getting bailed out by Khalil Herbert, honestly, this week. Right. Uh, I was originally looking at that stat line and thinking, you know, how bad did they lose and realized that they actually pulled out a win as an organization this week, somehow uh, thanks to the running game and, and, and Roquan the, Smith. Yeah, Roquan Smith for sure. Here's the crazy thing. In 2022, you would say that a team that attempts 15 passes a game would be getting blown out. They they would be losing by 30 every game. They're 2-1. and So this coaching staff doesn't even have a reason to stray from this game plan because at the end of the get, at the end of the day, nobody cares. They only care about wins and losses. <laughs> They're two and one. What can you say to a head coach that's two and one in the league right now? You're doing it wrong. 
I don't think this is going to continue. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't see them winning two out of every three games for the rest of the season. But right now, you really can't say anything to the heck of, hey, how come we're not passing more? Why do we need to pass more? Mm-hmm. We're two and one. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's insane. It is totally insane. But this is where we're at right now. And honestly, we, we play in a lot of leagues together. And you, pit, you picked Justin Fields right out of my hands on so many occasions. And I was so mad. And I got to give you a big thanks because, mm. man, I, and, and like you said, listen, I'm scared. I'm really scared. I, I sound like I think I'm more scared than you are. But maybe they do. Maybe they say, okay, the 2023 offseason, we're going hard in free agency. We're going to get offensive linemen we're going to get wide receivers we're going to we're going to build this thing up maybe they bring in a you know a backup quarterback with a lot of experience to to kind of like a joe flacco type to mentor him and do all this stuff and maybe they hit the draft hard and you know i don't know how many picks they have but let's just say four out of their seven picks you know a little bit more than half their picks are on offense and they use, you know, a first rounder on a wide receiver or an offensive lineman and maybe a second and a third on those positions as well. And then maybe later in the draft they they drift off and grab a couple of defensive guys that have fallen in the, you know, sixth, seventh round, something like that. But I find it weird that anybody coming into the Chicago Bears situation says, okay, what do we have on this team? We have Justin Fields. We have Roquan Smith. They had Khalil Mack, who they traded. Okay. Like, this is what we got to build around. Now they traded Khalil Mack, and they, they got draft picks, which is good. They, they need to bring talent into here, and the draft is the best way to do it. But Roquan Roquan Smith was like having like a contract battle during the offseason. And then they just literally said to Justin Fields, hey, we're not going to do anything for you. We're we're not going to draft offensive linemen with premium picks. We're not going to sign premium offensive linemen. Uh, We're not going to sign premium wide receivers. We're not going to draft premium wide receivers they they literally told justin fields kick rocks like we're not even thinking about you this season after and i understand different regime and everything but you would think the owner would say hey we spent two firsts plus to get this guy let's you know maybe use him let's help him but it is what it is. Sorry about the rant. I just, I don't understand how football works sometimes. Um, your bad was a quarterback. My bad is a quarterback. Russell Wilson. Mm. 20 for 33 for 184 yards. Zero touchdowns. Zero. 
someone, and I can't remember who, put a great tweet up and it said, let Russ cook. And then under it was somebody making that NyQuil chicken. Yep. And that that's really what it's been. It, it's just been, everyone got excited. We're like, oh my God, Russ is finally away from Pete Carroll. An offensive-minded head coach comes in, Nathaniel Hackett. They got Jerry Judy. They got Cortland Sutton. They got Tim Patrick. They got KJ Hamler. They got Albert Obwebenam. They got Javante. They re-signed Melvin Gordon. My God, let's go. This team, who's going to beat them? I'll tell you who beat them. Seattle beat them. Uh, the 49ers almost beat them in a baseball game, 11 to 10. They they just needed a double to get a couple more guys home, and they would have lost that game. <laughs> I mean, the defense looks amazing in Denver. So I don't want to make this as Denver's not doing anything right, but that defense looks amazing. That offense, man, I mean, let Russ cook. I don't even want to let Russ do Uber Eats right now. Like, he can't cook. He can't get on my phone to order food. Nothing. Like, keep him away. I'm going to order the pizza and put it on a paper plate and just hand it to him. So the only food he touches is his own. I don't, I don't want him cooking, touching food, grocery shopping, nothing right now. If it's bad in Denver, and obviously you, you think it would just have to get better. I don't know, dude. I really don't know. It just looks bad in Denver. Um, all right. Hit us with your ugly. Funny you should mention Denver. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like we've done this before. Uh, right? but yeah, that, that game Monday night. Uh, it, who was it? It was, uh, Pat McAfee was on with Peyton and Eli yeah. <laughs> watching Russ saying they should have paid that punter $235 million, which they, the punters earned it this night, man. 17 punts in this game. <sighs> Ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> the field position battles. Um, it was just an ugly, ugly game for prime time, which again, when you're making the schedule and you're thinking Russ and Denver. Trey Lance coming out party in San Francisco. Why wouldn't we put this on Monday night? And uh, yeah, eleven to ten. What a what a disappointment. Um, you know, I I I'm always going back to uh, Monday Night Football with Peyton and Eli at this point, no matter who's on. But they were the only reason I stayed tuned in at all to uh, what was going on in this game here. And then uh, I guess you can kind of go adjacent to this to uh, punting in general. So going back. Full circle to the Bills game, that safety, that butt punt. Uh, <laughs> it was the best of punts. It was the worst of punts this this weekend. But uh, but anyhow, yeah, that that game Monday night, man. Hopefully, hopefully this week brings uh, some better some better primetime matchups for us. Yeah, and and actually, I think you mean uh, Sunday night that that game was on. Or was Monday that Sunday night? night? 
Yeah, Monday night was Cowboys Giants. Oh, um, that was yeah, Cowboys Giants. Never mind. But, but Pat yeah. McAfee was t- was talking on the Monday. He was night talking about last night. Yeah, about the punter. Um, yeah, like I mean that butt punt thing was hilarious. I mean, and you know, even though I think a lot of people who watch games regularly knew it wasn't the punter's fault, the uh, the protector backed up way too much in that situation. Uh, it was still cool to hear Pat McAfee, like, kind of break it down, and, you know, and it was it, it was pretty funny. I don't know why you were watching Monday nights. So I think you saw when they were showing all the tweets that the uh, mm-hmm. the guy who got kicked in the air, he got from Charmin, he got a, a tweet from uh, Dude Wipes, <laughs> and you know what? I It's actually Trent, uh, Trent Sherfield, uh, and I mean, I hope he gets. I hope he gets a bunch of endorsements off of this. Get get you a Charmin endorsement. Get you a Dude Wipes endorsement. Like, go ahead. Uh, pump protectors don't usually uh, make the big time uh, endorsement deals. So uh, good on him. I hope he. Uh, yeah. I hope, I hope he gets it. But yeah, <laughs> man, that was a. Uh, that was what a game. What a game. All right, my ugly. You know, because we didn't talk about the Bears enough. Um, Cole Komet, two receptions for 40 yards. And you go, all right, well, Cole Komet had a bad game. Those were the first two receptions for Cole Komet this season. We're in week three, people. This was a week three game. Cole Komet just got his first two receptions in week three. But I want to give you some names of tight ends, not wide receivers, not running backs. I don't want to do that to Colton Met. Other tight ends that have more receptions than Cole Komet. Now, remember, these, these are guys that are already on your team. They're legendary, probably Hall of Famers. Peyton Hendershot. That's not a real heard name. That it is a real name. You made that up. You can look it up. The third string tight end for my Dallas Cowboys. Third string. Like, third string tight ends, like, play on special teams. They don't get into games and catch passes. Payne Endershot has three receptions. More than Cole Komet. No, another guy who has more receptions than Cole Komet? Ben Ellison. Immortal. I know. Hall of Fame bound Ben Ellison has more receptions than Cole Komet. You just created your own Wikipedia page. These guys don't exist. You can look them up if you want to. The third string tight ends for the Dallas Cowboys and the Minnesota Vikings have more receptions than the first string darling tight end and by the way, I was one of those people who mm-hmm. was hyping Cole Komet up. So I'm not going to sit here and say, ha-ha, because I was, I was there. I was like, Cole Komet, let's go. I mean, who else are they throwing it to besides Darnell Mooney? Fields oh, Komet, tight end premium marriage Ooh, all day long. Let's go. And they both said, yeah, we're going to go. <laughs> we're just going to go. We're not going to be here anymore. And so that's the ugly. but. All right, man. We spent a lot of time on it because it, 
week three was just week three. But now you know what we're going to do here. We're going to do what we love to do. do we're going to go to what we saw on the timeline. So this first one here is from, I'm going to actually switch the order up from the, uh, from the show sheet here. Uh, this is from Tommy Blair at FF Tommy B. There are teams in my league that are already throwing in the towel. As a contender, when do I sell my 23 first to get the best return? Now or closer to the trade deadline slash playoffs? Mm. So, mm. Drew, I, I, I want you to start this off. I want to I hear kind of your mindset on your contender, your, you know, a top four team. And you, you want some reinforcements. When do you decide that, all right, I'm going to sell my first. I'm going to get the reinforcements in. I'm going to go ahead and win this thing. This is, uh, this is interesting because it, it depends on a few things. Um, you can look at where you are in the standings, top four, top three teams. That's, that's all well and good. Uh, I want to double check and make sure that I'm not a fake top four. Uh, what, what are my points for look like so far? What are my matchups with my opponents uh, scoring? You know, am I winning because of good matchups in the first couple of weeks? Um, you know, how, how deep am I? Am I going to fall apart if uh, I lose a, a key position? You know, maybe uh, I eked out a week three win with Jimmy G, but uh, am I really, you know, was I depending on Trey Lance to bring me home as my QB2? You know, something like that. So there, there are certainly things you want to look at. If you feel good, though, because of the composition of your team, your scoring points well, um, you know, maybe you've beaten the number like three, five, and six teams for points for so far, and you've just got a solid team. Then uh, at that point, I'm comfortable uh, thinking in that direction. And then as far as how – what's the right time – I'm open to moving them as, as early as possible. There, there definitely is a window before you get into the middle of the season, the fat part of the NFL season where other teams will start to kind of uh, really get a better beat on where you're going to land. Um, so early is fine where you can still kind of uh, convince other, other teams that it, you might not have it all together. Um, but again, they should be savvy enough to know if they're going to give you a meaningful piece that it should only make your pick later. Um, so yeah, it, it really depends on who your league mates are. Hopefully you have some that maybe is just enamored with the 23 first. And uh, if you've got a pretty reasonable chance at this point, this week is fine. Get somebody that uh, you think maybe has the opportunity to break out some more. Um, Josh, you and I got an offer this week uh, that was interesting for uh, an injured Justin Herbert in one of our leagues where we are. Uh, doing pretty well, which again, you know, we look at our roster and there are some pieces where uh, if things keep going the way they're going, we'll do fine. Uh, but there are some other parts around like the depth, maybe that if it, it would only take an injury or two at a couple spots that would really put us uh, toward the bottom of the pack here. So um, yeah, I, I'm fine shopping them around now and seeing how people feel about it. Um, I'd want to feel really good about the piece that I'm getting helping contribute this year. Um, so you've really got to find a team that's willing to give up. Uh, I've got a couple of leagues where people are, you know, trying to sell, uh, their final share of Travis Kelsey right now to a contender. 
Um, I don't know that I give a 23 first for it at this point, unless I'm just really, if he's going to put me over the top, if let's say I'm solid everywhere else, maybe I am, maybe I'm trotting out, you know, I I've been a Noah Fant fan. I probably held on too long there. So maybe I've got Noah Fant and uh, Cole Kmet in a league in as my Titans and a tight end premium. And uh, knowing that I can start Tra uh, Travis Kelsey every week, that's probably worth it in, in that kind of a case. Uh, but you just want to make sure that you feel really, really good about what you're getting, whether it's the combination of the points now and uh, what you're going to potentially give up in that draft, which, again, I, I think you're more uh, excited or more um, more optimistic maybe about the back end of that first round in 23. I'm not sure where I land yet. I think I'm a, a, probably a little bit looser on some of those than maybe you are in your leagues, Josh. Uh, but if I think I've got the 1, 10, 11, 12, um, you know, I'm, I'm willing to move that to give myself a, a meaningful push now. Cause even now it's, you're, you're vying for those top two spots. If you have buys, you may not even be thinking to championship week yet, but you know that if you can get that first round buy, put yourself, uh, you know, separate yourself a little bit. So I I'm open to doing it now, the later you get, the less it'll be valued as soon as people have a better feel for it truly being a later pick. So you've got to be able to let people know, Hey, there's still some variation that's here. There's still a, a wider range of outcomes for where this could land. Yeah, so if I'm a contender, if I'm a real contender, like you said, I'm not not a pretender because in week three, guess what? A lot of people think they're contenders and they're really pretenders. I have a league like that right now, actually, where I think I've way overshot where I'm supposed to be, and <laughs> I'm like a top two or three team. And I'm looking at the team, and hey, may, maybe if the guys that I got on the team right now keep doing what they're doing, I could stay there all year long. But honestly, like I'm, I'm just waiting for the rug to be kind of pulled out from this team. Um, but if I'm a real contender, I don't mind holding that first for a while. And this is the reason why. Maybe I'm legit. Maybe I'm like top top two team, top three team. I go, okay, what what'll put me over the top? And in week four, I could trade a first for Nick Chubb. Maybe Nick Chubb is on a bottom three team. And they're like, mm -hmm. all right, Nick Chubb is old. I don't expect Nick Chubb to keep being the number one running back in the league or for fantasy. I'll sell. Cool. So you now, on top of this team you've built, which is legitimately good, you've just added Nick Chubb, a guy who, let's face it, barring injury, is probably going to be top 10, no doubt about it. But injuries. If I trade that first and week seven, Nick Chubb goes down, soft tissue, knee injury, the dreaded Achilles, now what? I've, I've traded the first. I've traded that big piece on my team to get a guy, to get a reinforcement. And now that guy's not even there. So now I'm back to what I had. And maybe that's still a top two or three team. But maybe it's not. Maybe I've had other injuries on this team. I like waiting this out, seeing what the landscape really looks like. And I don't care if the first buys me less 
because obviously, like you said, people are going to know where they stand. They're going to know that your pick is going to be a lower first round pick, even though I, I think the consensus in the industry is still every 2023 first is going to be a superstar. I still think that's the consensus in the Twitterverse and fantasy. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I don't think a lower first is going to have the same stigma to it that it has in other years. But what if that first only can get me Amari Cooper and a second instead of Nick Chubb? Okay, but Amari Cooper, he's been looking good the last couple of weeks. He's tagged up. He's going to be tagged up with Deshaun by that time. Maybe I've seen two to three weeks of them really cooking together. Okay, it's not Nick Chubb. It's not the number one running back in all of fantasy, but it's another reinforcement. Mm -hmm. Or what if it gets me um, Dallas Goddard, a kind of that six, seven, eight tight end. And it's like, all right, it's not Nick Chubb. But it's still another, it's another bullet that I have when, when I get into the playoffs and I need to shoot as many rounds off as humanly possible in order to win games. So I'm actually okay holding it. Now, obviously, if someone wants to give you a sweetheart deal because they're, they're so in love with these 23 firsts, someone says, I'll give you, you know, like you said, Travis Kelsey, that's a great example. Travis Kelsey for first. All right, do that. Like, listen, could could Travis Kelsey get hurt? Obviously. But, you know, sometimes when the deal is too good, you just have to go with it and, you know, hope for the best. But besides that, I don't mind waiting, kind of seeing how things play out. If I'm really a top two or three team, I'm going to be a top two or three team unless – I get bit by the injury bug. So I don't mind maybe losing some, you know, some value on my dollar, so to speak, in order to know what's going on and not kind of step on a landmine. So, uh, Tommy, I hope that helps you out. I hope you kind of two different perspectives, but I, I think we're we're still looking at a lot of the same things. We're trying to figure out what the best bang is for our buck when we are trading away those firsts as a contender. Uh, Jesse brought up an interesting question here. So what about the, on the opposite side as a rebuild? When do you try to push older high-scoring assets, assets at contenders other, other than injuries, of course? And this is an interesting one. I'll, I'll start this one off. Um, I have a team like that, my Trade Addicts 2 team. You know when I started pushing these guys? Week four of the preseason. I said, I, I, and I do this with all my teams. I evaluate my team. I go, okay, this is what my team most likely is. Obviously, I, I spoke about another team where I evaluated and I said, okay, I got to I gotta get young. I got to, you know, I got to move older assets. And now I'm winning. So now I'm just waiting. I'm not making moves to get more older assets because. If the bottom drops out, I don't want to have sold my first, which ends up being, you know, a top three or a top four pick this year. But I evaluated my Trade Addicts 2 team. I said, okay, this team 
is not good. You know, it, it, it has some pieces, but it's not good. So uh, week four of the preseason, I traded Debo for Rashad Bateman and Jahan Dotson. I got two young wide receivers. That's another thing I, I try to do, and I think you try to do the same thing, Drew, is when you have a team that you know is a rebuild, you try to get young wide receivers. Try to get as many as humanly possible. So I did a two-for-one there. Uh, then I was offered by, uh, by our boy uh, Mercer, Coast-to-Coast uh, Coast Dynasty, those dudes, uh, uh, Mercer and Ruben, they're awesome. He offered me... Um, what was it? Waller and two firsts for Pitts. I had him throw a second on there and I made that trade. So I traded Pitts, who is young, for an older asset in Waller, but I got two firsts in the 2023 draft and a second. And then what did I do? <laughs> I flipped Waller <laughs> for, um, I made a trade. This was just this week, actually. I traded Derek Carr, Darren Waller. And the second that I got in the pit deal, which right now is looking like a late second, for Zach Wilson, Pat Fryermuth, a 2023 third, and a 2024 first. And I got, I got young again at tight end. I stayed old for a little bit with Waller. I knew Waller was going to be a guy I was going to have to wait on. He was going to have to play some games. Um, but I knew that a team was going to want him, especially, you know, and this is another thing, know your, um, know your scoring setup. That's 1.75 tight end premium. So obviously Darren Waller holds a lot more weight in a league like that than he would in a, you know, non-tight end premium. Um, but then I, I stayed old for a little bit at tight end. Then I got young again. So. That that's kind of, you know, that that so start early, like kind of assess your team, Jesse, during the off season. Look at what you have. Maybe after the draft, you go, okay, my, my draft picks are in. Maybe I cut a couple of guys who are nobodies to bring in the draft picks, and you look at your team and you go, can this team win? If the answer is yes, cool. If the answer is no. Start pushing those older big names out early. Say, hey, who wants a Debo? Who wants a Stephon Diggs? Who wants, you know, these older guys that are going to produce? You know, they're not, you know, I brought up the name of Stephon Diggs. He's really good. He's helping teams who have him in, in Dynasty. But if your whole point is I'm rebuilding, then he's keeping you from doing what you want to do. <laughs> He's keeping you from the, the high 2023 pick. But he should be able to fetch you a ton. He's, he's linked to Josh Allen. He's balling out. There are a couple of other good, you know, secondary receivers there. But come on, it, it's, it's Stephon Diggs. It's Josh Allen. And then Josh Allen gives some scraps to some other guys. And that's about it. So, you know, that, that's how I look at it. Push them early. 
push them before, you know, a guy that you think is going to do well, doesn't do well. <laughs> and, you know, that's what you got to do. What, what is your strategy on this, Drew? Think you're on mute, man. No, I'm not. Okay. Maybe I would. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. Uh, this one, I, I want to start with your league settings and rules. If you are in a potential points league for draft order, the time was yesterday. If this is a, uh, a trade deadline or not really doesn't make a, a big difference here, um, but uh, it's really more the potential points and how the draft order is set up for me um, because I'll wait. I can I can bench these guys again depending on what your league's you know anti tanking rules are. If it's a matter of I can sit, you know, maybe it's a, a questionable guy like Corderell Patterson right now. I mean, I'd love to get whatever value I can for him, but if everybody else is skeptical, I'm not going to sell him right now for a third or a third and a fourth. You know, I, I want to get good value if I can, and if he continues to produce like he has, the closer you get to team sorting out, I'm on the edge and I need one more piece or I need depth after an injury then you'll get a better a better return. But um, if it's potential points, get rid of it now and go ahead and take take a bit of a discount for it. If it's not potential points and it's truly wins, losses, win percentage, uh, victory points, something else where you can uh, you know manipulate some of your scoring or your uh, likelihood to win in a an ethical way according to your bylaws, then you know the the league that you you commission for us in sleeper. You know, that's not a potential points league. So I'm going to hang on to some of the guys that are producing. And, you know, maybe I'll give some of my young guys that I don't think are going to score as much uh, a run each week and kind of see what happens. I think each week, even if I set my best lineup, I'm still getting outscored. But at that point, uh, I can afford to hang on to, you know, a couple of the older guys if I've got them and see if I can get some better value as we approach playoffs. So for me, it starts with know your league, know your settings. And I think that will kind of uh, help direct which way you need to go. And if it's potential points and they are going to absolutely inflate your potential points each week, you got to let them go. And you got to be able to lose the trade now in order to put yourself in a better position for next year in this 23 draft class that everybody's excited about. And to your point, Josh, I think, uh, you know, I think maybe I look at things a little too linear where, um, we talk about hit rates in the first round. If the average year is about 50%, maybe this class is good enough that the hit rate this year is going to be closer to 67%. Two out of three will hit. But that's that's not saying it's only the first eight of the 12 that'll hit. So it's very possible, if not likely, that maybe it is a, a 111, 112. We go back a few years, right? And that's where Justin Jefferson, that's where um, Justin Herbert were in, in that draft. And you know maybe we have that chance again this year where uh, okay, if you're going to give me the 111, 112 at a, a discount on paper, I still know I've got a, a two and three chance of turning that thing into a really solid contributor. So uh, I just want to follow up there. I think you, you made a good point as far as how we can maybe value more appropriately for next year. It's not just the top eight picks will hold their and retain their value. Uh, hopefully they should all have uh, a, a, a smaller slope and a smaller drop off when you get to the late first. But again, maybe you have league mates that, yeah, if it's not top eight, I don't want it here. Take it uh, and capitalize on that. So, um, and yes, of course, Jesse, I, I, I hope you would never trade away digs unless it was literally for the championship in his final season. Listen, you got, you got to trade away those you love to, uh, to, to make the team better. But 
This is a good one, and I want to get to this, but I want to kind of touch on something you said real quick because I love this conversation. I always remind people, and a lot of other a lot of other people that you hear on podcasts do as well. The first round pick doesn't have to be the first round pick. Those can be traded too. And I'm not saying as soon as you get it, trade it. Maybe you do. Maybe you get a great offer and you do it. But the great thing about a rebuild, and this is what makes Dynasty special, is rebuilds, you, and I'm not saying you don't with other teams, but rebuilds are really the teams that you play all year round. Like once, once the regular season is over and you're not setting lineups anymore, especially this year, 2023, those picks are going to skyrocket in value. We're going to know, like right now, we're still kind of feeling things out. Guys like uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Keyshawn Boutte, they, they've been injured. They haven't been playing. We don't know where they're going to end up. You know, yes, we love, uh, we love guys like Bijan, uh, guys like Jamar Gibbs. But, like, we're still kind of questioning, like, quarterbacks like Anthony Richardson, you know. Will Levis has been playing really good. There are going to be guys that we're not talking about right now. You know, obviously, I always say find good, um, like, C2C or Devi podcast so that you're kind of on top of all this stuff. But, you know, there are going to be a lot of changes from maybe a 2023 first-round mock September 1st to a 2023 first round mock, you know, April 21st, you know, there's going to be some differences, guys fall out, guys come in, but you can always trade, you know, let's say Garrett Wilson, he's been having an amazing year so far, but what if he kind of levels out? What if he just has a fine rookie season? But you were like, dude, I saw things, man. I saw things that I really liked. You can probably package a 2023 first for Garrett Wilson plus. You know, if there's guys like that that you see out there, young guys, you know, maybe you were a big Sky Moore guy or gal. All right, Sky Moore ain't done nothing yet. And what if it's just a lot more of kind of like, meh, not much? You could package a 2023 first for Sky Moore plus plus. And that's how you kind of keep it moving. It doesn't have to be, all right, I have this 2023 first. I have to use it only in the draft. Like, nah. Like, you can use that at any time, including the offseason. So um, that that's just one thing I always tell people to remember. A first-round pick is not just a first-round pick. Like, guess what? Nick Chubb is just Nick Chubb. He can't be anything else. He can only be Nick Chubb. But a first-round pick can be a pick that you use and make that pick in the draft and build your team that way, or it can be used to, you know, acquire, you know, multiple assets, especially with these picks this year. But uh, Jesse said he's trying to get rid of the old the old guys, um, but he can't move Aaron Jones for anything close to value. That's two very interesting things I, I saw in that statement. Uh, first of all, can't move Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is going to be a tough one. Um, I would have been going hard to the paint after that week two game where he 
just smashed. Um, I, I would have hit everybody. If this is a 12-team league, everybody from the seventh best team to the best team and said, Aaron Jones, let's get something done. What do you want? All right, a little bit more. All right, a little bit more. I would have been working those seven people all at the same time because eventually, you know, you could probably get something. But the thing is close to value. The value is in the eye of the beholder. Guess yeah. what? If, I, if I'm, you know, if I'm in line for the 101 and Drew is, you know, a top three team and I go, Drew, dude, I got Aaron Jones. Like Aaron Jones, Green Bay Packers, amazing running back. He runs well. He catches well. Drew goes, yeah, you know what? He does do all that stuff. How about this? How about I give you a second and a third and I call it a day? Uh, maybe, maybe Drew's giving himself a little bit of wiggle room, but maybe his true value is two seconds. And that's it. He's not going any higher than that. That's Aaron Jones's value for Drew, for Drew. I can't say, well, no, his value is a, is a first-round pick. Because Drew will say, hey, it might be a first-round pick for you, but he's not a first-round pick for me. So, mm-hmm. so value is definitely, they say beauty is in the eye of the beholder, so is value. You know. Now, maybe the person one spot ahead of Drew in second place will value Aaron Jones at that, and he'll give up a first. And Drew will look at the deal and go, I would have never done that. <laughs> and he would be fine with it. Now, sometimes it works the opposite way, too. And I always kick myself when I see a guy get traded for pennies on the dollar. And I'm like, God, I would have given you two more pennies if that's what we were, if that's yep. all we had to pay. <laughs> but, you know, that, that's the thing. Sometimes the value is the value. And it may not be what we think the value should be. But that's what it is. Anything to add to that, Drew? No. Uh, yeah, I think Aaron Jones, he's that guy. This week probably isn't the week. You, you, you got to find the right week. But um, I'm actually thinking through some of the teams where I think I might be a contender. And he's that type of guy where maybe I'm not going to go all in. I'm not going to throw a first at it because I don't want to make that kind of investment. But can I pack something smaller? Um, now, I mean, would if you're a contender, I know you're a Sky Moore person, so... Would you give Sky more for Aaron Jones if he would put you over the top or make you feel like you were pushing into, uh, you know, better depth, stronger flex, something like that for this year? Or is that too much for you? It, no, if I'm top three, if I'm if I'm a real contender, not a pretender, yeah, for sure. Because guess what? As much as I love Sky Moore, you know, right now Sky Moore is not doing anything. Aaron Jones, yep. yeah, he's he's not having, you know blow up games every week, but we saw week two. It can happen at any time. Yep. And if that is my RB2, if that's a flex for me, I'm, I'm fine with that. Because guess what? During the offseason, I could probably get Sky more back off of you. Because yep. you're going to sit there and go, yeah, he's young, but he ain't done nothing. On Kansas City, where you know he should be, you know, over Juju and over MVS and over all these other guys, you know, and I'm looking, man, I got one. I got one of these 2023 seconds. It's a deep class, man. You need assets. 
you know, we we can talk about that after the after I've won my championship. We can talk about, hey, you know, I'll give you two seconds. I'll give you a twenty three and a twenty four. How about that? You know, yeah. And, and that's why I don't mind if I'm contending, given the given the rookies away that haven't done anything. Now we're talking about like Garrett Wilson. Nah, I'm good. Like I like I I mean, you know, I liked Garrett Wilson before yeah. all of this happened. And now everything he's doing is just proving that he's the dude I thought he was. I'm not giving that up. But, you know, a guy like Sky Moore, you know, that I did like that is not kind of doing it right now. Yeah, man, I want to win championships. I can always worry about getting my getting my favorite players back on my team during the offseason. So uh, that, that was a great talk. Uh, Jesse really got us talking about a lot of different things. So. Uh, before we get into anything else, you know what we should do. Mm. We should talk about the game of the week. And Drew, I got to – I hyped myself up last week when we went 3-0. and <sighs> Sometimes the good comes and sometimes the bad comes. Um, we were 0-2-1. and uh, The the Chiefs didn't do it. I don't know what happened there. Nope. Um, mm. The Bills didn't do it. Uh, I thought for a little bit that they were. And then our college game of the week, Texas A&M had that crazy fumble recovery <laughs> run back in the last few seconds to actually push that game. So... It wasn't a good week for us after after coming off a good week. I was hoping we would stack some momentum and keep it going. But listen, it's a new week. We're gonna do it again, right? It gonna, is. And and you're gonna tell me you're gonna tell me how much you like or dislike this one right here. I got the New York Jets at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers minus three and a half points. All right, listen. Pittsburgh has covered the spread in 13 of their night last 19. So they're, they're good at covering the spread. Good, bad, or indifferent. They're good at that. Uh, the Jets are also going to be on the road for the second time in three weeks. So, you know, those teams, man, they're out on the road for a little while. Things can get weird. And Zach Wilson's coming back. We don't know what kind of rust is going to be there. We don't know what kind of chemistry is going to be there between him and Garrett Wilson, him and Tyler Conklin. I mean, he was working with these guys during the offseason, but he got hurt in the first game of of preseason. So it's been a little while since he's been in game situations with those guys. And, yeah, the Steelers have had some issues, but Mike Tomlin with 10 days to game plan for the Jets, team gets a little extra rest, team gets a little, you know, extra time to prepare. I think Pittsburgh covers. I think I think they win this game by more than the three and a half, and we can get back to the bank. What do you think about that? Uh, I like that in general. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of the, the double-edged sword of you have Zach Wilson coming back without a whole lot of tape, um, so not a lot to prepare 
for, uh, I think I saw somewhere too, that wide receiver ones have had a, a pretty good track record this season against Pittsburgh. Um, so we'll see how they clean that up and if, if their defense can contain there and really, um, you know, the lower the scoring game here, the better for, for this bet, I think. So if we can get a, you can get a 13 to seven, a 16 to, to nine or 17 to 10, uh, Pittsburgh doesn't have to win pretty. They just got to win. And I think they can, I think they can win by a touchdown. So let's hope that let's hope that we we get back on the right track this this week. I think I think we are. I think this is a good way to start it. And just remember, you put money down on these games. Use Bet US. Uh, we're gonna put our link in the uh, in the comments after this uh, after this video gets posted. So uh, click that. Also. We do a special game just for, for our people in the FTC, the Fantasy Timeline chat. It's a college game. We do one every week. So if you want to be a part of that, hit me up at Real Fantasy TL. Hit Drew up at DR underscore PRA or hit us up at Fantasy Timeline. Just say, hey, I want to be in. Don't cost nothing. There's a lot of great people in there talking about all kinds of stuff. It's always a good time. And you'll get that. Obviously, we give you our, our Sunday morning pick less last little last minute nfl game for you to to bet on so uh it's a good time it's a good time but let's hit it back up to what we what we've been seeing on that timeline and this one let me just find it excuse me excuse me all right th th this actually came to us in the fantasy timeline chat so this, this is always a good thing our main man, friend of the show from day one, Steve D at FF Swirly. Your league mates decide to grant you one wish since you are so charming slash good looking and or have nice hair. That is, I know Steve is not talking about me because no one's ever said I have nice hmm. hair. I think he's talking hmm. about himself. He is a good looking man. So, you know, I get it. But they give you this one wish. And they say you get to add any running back to your roster at no cost for the rest of the season. Who do you mm. add? This is this is a good one. This is a good one, Drew. Drew's gonna add Devin Singletary. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll go all in on Zach Moss. Why not? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> your boy james cook james cook first rounder this year <laughs> excuse me oh <laughs> i told people i told them oh man this is tough because uh, i think early on yeah i mean it's it's hard not to go with nick chubb who is the rb1 so far this season who gets consistent volume um is talented enough to make his own opportunities uh as far as who i would want and who i think is exciting and uh, who, if I don't have him on my team, I would want for the rest of this year. For me, I think it's Saquon. I think uh, looking at being able to to catch the ball, explosive, make make the home run play. He could be sitting on, you know, fifteen carries for thirty eight yards in the fourth quarter, and then bust a sixty two yard screen pass, or uh, he could he could take it to the house from forty fifty yards out, and all of a sudden change the matchup for you. So. It's it's tough. Um, I think my my head probably says Chubb, 
but my heart would go with Saquon. I'm, How about I'm you? Sh- I'm shocked that Nicholas Jamal Chubb was not your answer. <laughs> but it's not going to be my answer either. I, I'm not going to lie to you. This is so tough because there's like a lot of good names. Like we talked about James Robinson. He's like, he's doing everything. And you're like, that's probably not going to sustain for 17 games. As much as it would be an amazing story because literally no one could ever use the Achilles story again because they would just go, uh, James Robinson. (laughs) So, uh, you know, Khalil Herbert like blew up and obviously I don't think David Montgomery's injury is going to be a long-term thing, but it's like, what if it was for some reason, like, wouldn't that be a good pick after what we saw him do? DeAndre Swift is amazing, but he's hurt now. It's like, you know, if there was no injury, I honestly probably would have said DeAndre Swift because he's been amazing. I, I got to see him play week one when they played the Eagles. That was the local game here. So I and he it was just every time he touched the ball, it was electric. It was mm-hmm. it was just amazing. But obviously for for a bunch of reasons I, I can't pick those guys. And I man, this is so tough. I don't think it's sustainable, but right now I gotta go with Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb just looks like the best runner and i said i wasn't gonna pick him and i was like looking at the list and i was like there ain't nobody else i want <laughs> like everyone now listen our guy jay is probably gonna you know come roaring back you know he's probably gonna have but like has i know they beat um they just beat the chiefs but has that offense looked inspiring at all uh, they put up zero zero points against jacksonville is Michael Pittman that important to the offense? That may be, but if if one player is that important to the offense, your offense isn't good. If taking one player out of it makes it fall apart, it's mm. not good. I mean, the Cowboys just scored 23 points with Cooper Rush at quarterback. Yep. And I think most of us would agree that quarterback is much more of important of a position on an offense than wide receiver you only play one quarterback sometimes you got five four wide receivers on the field <laughs> so you know yeah i gotta go nick chubb because he and my my only thing with nick chubb is where is injury my only worry is injury you know with him because honestly when he runs the ball i mean that thursday night game it was every time he touched the ball, it was just forward and it was positive yardage. Like he is just a bowling ball with a jet engine inside. He is big, he's strong, and he's fast. Like, and I, I love watching him play. I've I've been a Nick Chubb guy since day one, so it actually feels good to say it. And I thought I was going to be able to come up with someone else, but. I mean, everyone else has, you know, has their question marks around them. So, you know, JT could get there, but I don't trust that offense. 
He couldn't put he couldn't put any real points on the board against the Jaguars when Michael Pittman was out. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Steve says going into week four, and I'm really not sure what the answer is. Also, your hair looks lovely this evening. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. I actually probably need a haircut, but um I I, I appreciate you, Steve. Um yeah, so we got one for for Nick Chubb. We got one for sorry, who'd you pick again, Drew? I completely blanked out here. Uh I went with Saquon. My with heart Saquon. Is Saquon. And you know what? Obviously, I, I watched the entire Monday night game. Um the Saquons were playing the Cowboys, and we had him bottled up for three quarters, something like that. And then he yep. just he finds a seam and he is out and nobody's catching him. Nobody's catching him. And I would I just watched. And as soon as he found that little hole, I said, man, this is not going to end well. And it didn't because it ended with Saquon in the end zone. Yep. So and the thing is is you know Nick Chubb can do that too. But Saquon can do that in the passing game. Nick Chubb, maybe he can do it in the passing game, but he's not allowed to in the confines no. of that offense. He's not allowed to do it in. No, in a couple times a year he surprises you with that. Right. So there you go. Uh, here we go. We got one here uh, from Fantasy Z Z Z, Z Sleepers. Do you think Jared Goff and or Geno Smith are worthwhile flyers this week? Um, this sounds like we're basing it more in uh, redraft, which is cool. We're doing, you know, I know we're both in SFB. By the way, ju just to let you know, I am currently in SFB team number 2949, just to, just to put that out there. Yeah. <laughs> Just wanted to let you well. know. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm not I'm not at 3,000 yet, but I'm making my way to the bottom. Um, but this is a good question. Jared Goff and Geno Smith. Drew, I, I'll let you start it off. We're we're talking this. I'm probably, you know, it's either a um a one QB dynasty or um, a redraft. Do you like Jared Goff or Geno Smith as a flyer? Man, if you're uh, if if this is one QB, I, I would hope there's a better option out there for you. Um, as far as just the two in general, if you're talking about whatever role you've got to you know slot them into, whether it's a second quarterback for a super flex or something like that, or two QB league. Uh, I'm open to either really. I, I don't think either defense is uh, inspiring a lot of confidence either way. Um, I know the Lions have given up points. We talked about that last week. They are they look good. They're a lot of fun. Uh, their offense is scoring. So it's um, I, I don't know that there's a it's a coin flip for me. You know, uh, Jared Goff is they're keeping up. Uh, if you don't have Swift, I mean Jamal Jamal Williams doesn't matter that you don't have DeAndre Swift when Jamal Williams is putting up points like he is. You've got uh, I think you've got more dangerous weapons on the Lions with Hawkinson. You've got uh, – well, actually, I'm not sure if uh, 
the sun got it. He should be playing this week. I forgot what happened there. It was ankle, lower leg. Yeah. If he's if he'll be back. I th- I think I saw a report, and I'm going to check this out right now while you're talking. But I think uh, I saw a report that said he was back at practice today. But I'm going to check that out yeah. while you talk to make sure I'm not yeah. lying to people. So I I think I probably skew toward Jared Goff a little bit. Probably like 55 45. I'd go that way. Um, you know, if I were betting, I'd think he'd probably outscore Gino a little bit. I mean, Gino, who he's got Noah Fant and he's got DK Metcalf. One of those guys is good. One of those guys is meh. Um, now Gino could throw two touchdowns and, you know, to DK alone, but, uh, yeah, I, I think there'll be another, there'll be other ways for, um, Seattle to score. So I, I, I would probably lean toward Goff um, between those two. How about you, Josh? All right. So I was lying. Unfortunately, I got a ton of sleeper updates cause I have a lot of teams and I, sometimes I get players mixed up. Um, He's day-to-day. His status for Sunday's game is uncertain, so um, we'll see what mm-hmm. happens there. Uh, I hope he plays. He's a, he's another guy I got wrong. We talked about a week one that the ugly was me. Yeah, he was another guy I got <laughs> wrong, and I'm fine with it. I'll, hey, I'll admit it. There's one thing I am. I will brag about when I'm right, but, boy, I will tell you when I'm wrong, too. I, you got to keep it. You got to keep it real. Um yeah, Jared Goff has just been kind of doing it, you know. The offense kind of looks good. They get into garbage time situations where Jared Goff seems to be right at home. Um, yep. You know, if there's no Amon Ross St. Brown, I think that might change things a little bit, but I don't know if it does, yep. actually. I think I still go Goff. Um, G- Gino, they had a stat. I think I think it was during that uh, during the uh, who were they playing the Falcons game the the Seahawks Falcons game where like he's at like eighty percent completion for the season or something like that, but it's because he doesn't throw anything dangerous. No pun intended. Um, you know. And that's fine, but that usually doesn't lead to a ton of fantasy points. That's what we're talking about here, fantasy points. Listen, Jared Goff could kill you. He really could. He could just – he could throw a few interceptions, be off target, but he he has the upside if Amon Ra is playing, you know, if they decide they're going to get guys like uh, Josh Reynolds more involved and DJ Chark, you know. He could he could actually have a decent week for you. So I would go with Jared Goff and and hope he has one of them good weeks and, and not one of them bad weeks. Um, there's another one, man. We're getting a bunch of chat questions. I love it from recovering Ridley Truther in a 12 team PPR super flex two tight end premium. He is a contender. He's being carried by Hertz, Andrews, and London. First of all, that. Those are some broad shoulders to be carried by right now. Broad <laughs> shoulders. Um, would you give Tua a 23 first, mid to high, and Hawk for Kyler? The Hawk part is what I'm struggling with since it's too tight and premium, though he's been meh. 
do you you have you have that look on your face? I was going to ask you if you wanted me to go first or if you want to go first, but you have a look on your face, so <laughs> I think you should go first. Uh, that's a pretty pretty quick no for me, uh, unless you are just uh, really deep. Otherwise, which again, if you're being carried by those first three guys, um, I get the idea of wanting to have an elite pairing at quarterback. Um, but yeah, I I think you you give up pieces to get pieces. I don't think I'm lumping all of those into a deal for one. You're putting a lot of eggs in a Kyler basket there, which I'm not particularly a fan of doing that. Um, I think if you're going to do that, then uh, I'm going to give all that and see if if I can swing Lamar at this point and get the stack. Um, you know, somebody who's been doing it. Uh, or again, maybe uh, you do what uh, our other league mate did, and maybe you, if you're a really contender, can you afford a down week or two? And, and do you go for a Herbert? I would rather have Herbert than Kyler in most of these leagues. But even so, um, you know, you're not giving up crappy pieces here. You know, Tua is he is a solid QB two right now. He is not. Uh, he's not a QB. 20 right well i'm saying as as your second quarterback behind hurts that's a solid Mm -hmm. pairing to have um you're not uh you're not doing uh, you're not doing qb 20 as your qb2 you're doing like josh said he's a he's a top 12 quarterback right now uh in most leagues depending on your scoring and then a mid to high first um which again who knows what happens with hurts next year that's nice to have if you want to get a quarterback again and hawk and two point tight end premium. Uh, you put it right there. I think you, you, you told yourself the answer, uh, really truth or that, that you need to keep some of those pieces and great. You want to send that mid high first to get a running back you want, or you want another wide receiver that you think can be high impact. Go for that. You know, like Josh said earlier, if you think you can get a Garrett Wilson and he's going to continue to get better this year. Yeah. Get Garrett Wilson plus a, a small piece. If that's all you can get for that mid to high 23 first. Um, so yeah, short answer for me is no. Uh, <laughs> and yes, thank you. I, uh, I finally got my built-in shelves painted this week. So, uh, next episode, you'll see what they get filled with. Oh, that, that, that's for the, the Patreon. That's not safe for work. I think it's what it sounds oh. like to me. <laughs> uh, so th- this is a great question and I'm with Drew. It's a no for me. Here's why. Right now on the season, Tua's got more points than Kyler. Let's look look at what what Kyler is working. Or, yeah, we'll start with Kyler first. Right now, it's Greg Dorch and Hollywood Brown. Yeah, Greg Dorch is playing out of his mind. And, yeah, Hopkins is going to come back. But does that, like, does that mean Kyler is going to turn into a top three quarterback because of that? Probably not. I don't think so. I think where he is is where he's going to stay for pretty much the whole season. And right now he's QB nine, according to fantasy pros. So he's going to be nine to 12. I think that's, I think that's pretty much where he's going to be. Do I think Tua is going to stay? I think he, yeah, he's QB six. Uh, he might dip a little. He might be QB 9 through 12. But guess what? I like Tua's weapons more. I like Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill more than I like. And put in put in DeAndre Hopkins. Fine. DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown and Greg Dortch. I like Waddle and Tyreek Hill a lot more. 
So why why would I want to give all that up to get a guy who I think they're pretty much going to be the same guy when we talk about week 17? We're going to be like, oh, these two were pretty much the same guy. Um, you know, Drew brought up a couple good points. Uh, use the first to get a guy. Listen, really truth, I know you watch us. You're in here all the time. But I'm I'm a little hurt that you're not thinking about using that first for friend of the show, Kirk Cousins. Now, maybe he's not a contender. Maybe you can't get him for that reason. But use a first to get Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Primetime games, you know to sit him. <laughs> Fact of life. You're not gonna you're not gonna play him during the primetime games. But the other what? 13 games this season, 12 games this season, he's gonna be just fine for you. You know, keep Tua, keep Hawk. I know Hawk has not, you know, been a Hockeyles of old, but it's two point premium. If I'm on Ross out, maybe it's mm-hmm. time for Hawk to step up. Yep. You know. Yep. Swift is potentially is out. He's going to be the go to. So, yeah, and uh, yeah, I thought you were going to go the direction of uh, why? Why aren't we going after Deontay? For that Let's first, do that. Let's you know, do that too. Go, go and fill out. So again, depending on who your QB three is and what you need, um, I don't know that I, I'd be throwing the first at a third quarterback. Yeah, I, I definitely want to upgrade another, um, another uh, position there. But yeah, uh, I saw that reply here too that he he was going to counter to add Garrett Wilson to that side. So if it's Kyler and Garrett Wilson for that package, I like it better. But so I think you should still be able to get. You should still be able to get Garrett Wilson for that first, like Josh said earlier. Figure out what uh what that that team wants for him. Here, here you go. I'll, I'll I'll do you one better. We're talking about the Detroit Lions. You got a couple seconds. Go get JMO. Go get Jamison Williams. Nobody's talking about him. He's on the IR. It's still going to be a few more weeks before he comes back. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. And maybe the owner that has JMO is saying, I'm I'm contending. Maybe that's the sixth place team, the seventh place team. And they're already imagining a deal in their head where they go, all right, these two seconds can turn into Kirk Cousins. I'll throw it out again. Kirk Cousins. Okay, cool. Let him figure out what to do with those seconds. You know Jameson Williams isn't going to be back probably to like week nine, week ten. But honestly, I think that dude is going to be a monster, even with being out for as long as he is. He would have been the best wide receiver in this draft had he not been injured. Um, And he was still taken as, what, the second or third wide receiver in the draft, even knowing that he was going to be. I think it was actually the second, because I think Garrett Wilson was taken at 10, and then the Lions traded up to 12 to get get J-Mo. So... Uh, you know, do something like that. You know, I don't think you need to give. I, I mean, you could if you wanted to, but I don't think you need to give up a twenty-three first for for JMO. So Mm-mm. there you go. And you know what? Let's end, let's end it on that question. That was a really good question. I don't think we could do much better, even if we wanted to. So I want to thank everybody who was in the chat. I mean, the chat was so lit today. I loved it. 
We were so many people awesome. coming in and out. I mean, I love the questions. The questions are great because we can just kind of like, just kind of spit it from the top of the dome and just, you know, get our real thoughts. You know, we could do a little bit of, of research and stuff, but we can't really, you know, can't really well research it like we can with some of these other questions. And I, I think that makes it more real and you kind of see more of our insight, what we would do in these situations if they were presented to us. So thank you guys. Really appreciate you guys in the chat, everybody who's watching. Just remember, if you haven't done it already, subscribe, hit the thumbs up on the video. That's always appreciated. Leave a comment. Tell Drew how smart he is. Tell me how dumb I am. I don't care. I love it. I love comments, period. So leave them. Um, obviously, if you are going to be watching this later, uh, check the comments of this video because we are going to leave our BetUS link that you can use. They're offering all kinds of deals right now. So if you sign up with them with a new account, you're going to get something awesome. Uh, yeah, I love, I love going on their site pretty much every day and just seeing, all right, what's going on? What bets can I make? What can I, what can I put my money on? What can I lose my money on? <laughs> so uh, they're a great <laughs> site. So just make sure that um, you check that out. If you're thinking about dropping some money and looking for a cool site to do it on, uh, BetUS is the place that we go to. Our podcast people, thank you very much. I know Tuesday, excuse me, Tuesday, wow. Wednesday at nine o'clock does not work for everyone. Um, appreciate you listening to us. You could be doing anything else, but you decided for an hour and almost a half to listen to us. Um, same thing with BetUS. Again, it'll be in the description of the podcast. So you could just click there, do your thing. But remember to, to subscribe if you just kind of were referred by somebody or maybe just accidentally found us. Um, and then leave a rate and review. That helps. Reviews are cool to, uh, to read and, and see what's going on with those. So, Drew, I think that's everything. So I think we can get out of here, man. Late. <laughs>